Wilson, come take your liberty. We love you. Preach to me tonight. God bless my pastor, my bishop, this church family. <clears throat> what a tremendous spirit of the Lord is here tonight. Amen. I am very grateful to be named among uh, the offspring of Pastor Riggin. And uh, sometimes I feel like the, the runt of the litter because, um, well, there's a lot of reasons. And uh, but I was texting brother, brother Goff yesterday, and I shot him the picture of the. By the way, thank you to brother Carter, brother Jaheem, brother Jerome. There you are, and Dad, and to the ladies that helped cleaned up after us for your help yesterday. I I really appreciate it. That something gotten. I was getting fed up with all the wires that were. Uh, had spaghetti behind the drum cage and and um, not sure if that's a I don't know if I could use it that the word spaghetti like that but <laughs> but anyhow um, thank you all for helping I appreciate it I know I took a large chunk of your weekend late holiday weekend and so I appreciate that um, but I sent a picture to brother Goff and I sent a picture of this ball of wires and he responded with probably less than a minute and he was he had a ball of wires of his own that he was sorting out <laughs> in Tennessee and so uh, even though he's far away and really not too far he's within driving distance I think but he uh, you know our, our spirits haven't haven't wandered too far from one another I sure love Brother Goff he's become a friend to me and I, again, I don't know why, because I feel like, like I said, just the, the run, but he's, he's made me feel like just being his friend makes me feel like a, an important person, and just being a young man in Pastor Riggins Church makes me feel like a good young man, so, and just being among each and every one of you is, is awesome. It's amazing to rub shoulders with each and every one of you tonight. Pastor said that he's not the preacher, but he sure was preaching few minutes ago. <laughs> I felt the Holy Ghost in what the man of God was saying just a few minutes ago. And I've got, I've got something prepared, um, but I would be remiss. And let me just do one thing before um, I move forward, if you could excuse me for just a second. I, um, the pastor was talking about the name of Jesus, and before, before he started going there, I, I would, I would take away if I tried to add to uh, what he was saying. He's, uh, he teaches, and if you haven't heard him teach on the name of Jesus and necessity of baptism in Jesus' name, and uh, he's got books on it. Um, and Brother Carter was talking to me the other day. I'm rambling here just for a moment, just trying to make sure I'm doing what's right. But he mentioned that. Um, that there was uh, the, the, the book on new birth. He's read both of them, but he, he mentioned that the book on new birth was especially helpful to him. And um, the uh, and by the way, so I recommend that each of you, 
if, if you haven't had a chance to read it, get it. If you can't afford it, let me know. Now, don't everybody let me know because $10, $20, $12 gets really expensive. But if you really do, you really can't afford it, I will let, I will purchase it for you because I think it's that important. It's an incredible book and you need to understand what's written there. And it just takes, it's not adding to or taking away from the word of God. It's expounding upon the word of God. It's an exegetical approach, but it is so, Brother Carter, it's Brother Carter's terms, so readable, so comprehensible. That's my word, but his is readable. So easy to read. It was such an easy read for him. And if you want to know, Brother Cox was talking the other night. He talked, he talked about folks who go to church. There are many people that attend church, and you ask them, why do you go to your church? Why do you attend this church? And they will They'll call out, you know, the, the preacher's got a great personality, he's a really great communicator, they've got a great worship team, they've got a lot of programs for the youth, but very rarely in today's day and age will you ever hear somebody say, well, they, they tell me what's right, they tell me the truth, and um, that's why this is the truth church, because that's, that's our objective, is to share and understand the truth. And if that's your desire, if you truly want to understand the truth, then I would implore you to, to seek out his word. And, um, and I was talking about the book, and I think that's a great starting point for you. If you can't just begin reading the word directly, then it would be good for you to find something that would, that's based upon the word of God. And it's such an easy, such an easy and understandable word, but uh, a book. But... And he didn't pay me to do that, and I didn't ask him if I could do all that. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just, uh, just talking for a minute. When Pastor was talking about the name of Jesus a minute ago, that song that we sang, the last song that we sang, there's deliverance. Second line said, "There's healing in His name." There's healing in His name. How many really believe what you were singing just a few minutes ago? I really believe that. I don't just sing the song and just let, it, let the words pass through my lips. But I, as, as I was worshiping a few moments ago, and I think there's a few others in this room that were getting a hold of what was being said. Because, it, and, and when, when we worship and when we sing these songs, it's more than just, again, not just words coming out of our mouths. But these are testimonies. These are, these are exalting God for the things that he's done for us. We're not just singing words, but they, we're communicating to those who would listen and, and back to God. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for that healing touch you've given me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. We understand that it comes by the name of Jesus. And it's, it's not by any man or by any individual, but it's by the power of Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I wonder if, if um, I don't want to embarrass anybody tonight. Amen. But I felt a number of times, and I asked the Lord to, as we were worshiping, I felt a number of times, um, I, I felt initially, and then I asked the Lord to repeat that so I could get confirmation. And then pastor starts talking about the name of Jesus, and I felt like that was, confirmation. Again, I, we, I'll get into my message in just a moment. I do feel like the Lord gave me a message for this service tonight. But before I do that, I would be, I would regret it if I didn't 
do what I really felt like the Lord asked me to do tonight. And um, again, I don't want to embarrass anybody. And I'm not asking her to come up here. But Sister Kim, I feel like uh, the devil has got his sights set on you. And he's attacked your body. And I could get myself into a lot of trouble here, okay? Uh, I, I don't want to. In other words, I'm putting myself out here. I, you can judge whether or not I'm right or wrong. And, and that's, this is what I checked with Pastor just a moment ago. I wanted to know if he'd be okay if I did this. But Sister Riggins asked Sister Kim to head up the crafts for old settlers. And the devil knows how impactful that outreach event is. For the church, and um, and he wants to take the winds out of our sails. And so, the Lord, I, I, I could, I don't know if He necessarily spoke to me, but there's just a few things that that I I was feeling a moment ago. Number one, the devil is attacking Sister Kim and her body, and I want to pray for you in just a moment. The Lord's going to heal you. And then the other thing is, I believe. That the Lord wants to use this as a, a moment to build not only Sister Kim's faith, but also this church's faith. I felt faith in this service. Not Pastor mentioned it this morning. Amen. But I feel faith in this service tonight. And I believe God wants to build the church's faith. And, and what greater opportunity for us to go into this city with absolute faith, absolute confidence in God. I want the kind of confidence that Elder Davis had when he preached on faith, knowing that God is able, amen, to meet every need of every individual in this community. When they come under the, the, the shadow of our tent, that they would feel the presence of God, that they would feel God's grace upon each and every one of us. Church, isn't that your desire? Do you want to be a witness? Do you want to be a testimony to somebody and show them that God can really help them, that God can really change them, that God can deliver, that God can heal? Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I believe it. Amen. When we call on the name of Jesus, there's real life-changing power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. By his stripes, by whose stripes, by Jesus' stripes, are we healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He didn't go to Calvary. Amen. Just so we could sit in a church service and go through the motions. He didn't spill his blood on that precious cross so that you can I, you and I can massage each other's backs in the house of God. Amen. But so he can meet our needs. Church, why don't we pray right now? Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord thanks tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you. Come on, church. Let's continue to magnify the Lord tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you. I love you. I love you. I trust you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank the Lord for his touch tonight. <coughs> hallelujah. I mean, I don't know if my voice is going to hold out here, but let's go ahead and try it. I, I want to sing a song here. You can be seated. Just stand, whatever you want to do. Brother uh, Kent sent this song to me. I get he. I didn't quite understand his text message. I don't know if he sent it to anybody else. But it's called uh, I Call It Home by Squire Parsons. Did anybody else receive that text message? I know that he sends it on. He, he will. He will. He's got a list. He's got some buddies of his, and he'll send them out to you. Thankfully, I'm on, on that list. And uh, he shared this song with me, and I couldn't get a, I couldn't, it wouldn't let go of me. It's, it's, a, it's a special song to me now. And so I want to try to sing it for you tonight, if you don't mind. And um, we want to give the Lord the glory, and, and I would like, th this song kind of orients us for the, message that I want to share with you tonight, so. Some call it heaven, but I call it home. Some call it dreaming. Just let me dream on And some call it paradise Somewhere beyond the sky Some call it But I call it home Somewhere beyond the grave Friend, there is a land 
For Jesus went to prepare by his own hand. And for the saved by grace, there is a resting place. And
Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Revelation chapter 21. We will begin reading in verse number one. Thanks for helping me out with that song. I appreciate it. Wanted to sing it for you. I didn't know if any of you had heard it. Y'all caught on quick. That's an old song type. Yeah, by I was Squire Parsons is. He's an old man, and uh, hey, I didn't say it, pastor said it, so you can take it up with him. <laughs> if he says it, uh, I feel, oh, anyway, Revelation 21, verse 1 tells us, and we'll read through verse 7, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, the fir- for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the, more, for the former things are passed away. <laughs> Those are the old things. Those are the things we're dealing with today. Amen. But when we get over there, when we get home, those things are going to be passed away, the former things. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. How many of you want to go home and see daddy? Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you want to go home and see your father? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord to to help us tonight. Jesus, we thank you for your presence in this place. I ask God that you would give me grace, Lord. I pray to minister the word of the Lord into this sanctuary. I pray that every heart tonight has heard you and heard you. God, let them receive with meekness the engrafted word. Let me receive with meekness the engrafted Give us all grace to receive your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. You could be seated tonight. 
want to talk to you tonight about a place called home. Amen. There is no place like home, truly. Amen. How many of you have those um, nostalgic moments where you think about that place that you grew up and perhaps your mother or your father, I don't want to make, you know, too, be too presumptuous and make the assumption that everybody had the same lifestyle that I did, but I certainly have those fond moments where I look back and I see and in my mind's eye and remember the good times where all of the complexities and the responsibilities of life didn't weigh so heavily on my shoulders. My biggest concern was just getting to school on time and passing the tests. Amen. And certainly those were important uh, principles to learn beyond time and also pass the tests. Amen. But they are not as easy, amen, to pass anymore, the tests. Sometimes. They, sometimes the tests come out of nowhere and you don't even realize you're taking the test. Amen. You're just living life and, and you get an F and you don't even realize you were sitting down at the exam table. Amen. How many have felt that way, have felt, oh, I wish I could just go back to that time when I was five years old, when I was six years old, where the food was put on the table and, and the cupboards were, were, were filled by somebody else and, and I didn't have to make my trip to Walmart or ask my wife to do it or whatever. I didn't have to place the order to Hello Fresh or you know, some conveniences are worth it. Amen. Some are not. Amen. And uh, we're still trying to discern whether or not that one's worth it or not. But the pastor says it's not. <laughs> Amen. But th there's just no place like going home. I, I don't know about you, but there have been times where I've gone back to my family in Arkansas. And I, I am a bit reticent, a bit slow to admit that I have family in Arkansas. But but I, I do sure, I, when Grandma was alive, Grandma Hampton was alive, I sure loved it when I went there and we had Grandma's, uh, now you guys think my mom's cinnamon rolls are good, and they are good. We're talking about that this morning. But uh, she didn't invent that recipe. She got it from Grandma Hampton. And I remember going back to Grandma Hampton's house and, and uh, I sure enjoyed it. I loved going there because it really felt like home. It was comfortable. I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have to, there was not a concern on my mind. Everything that I had to be concerned with was already uh, thought about, considered, and taken care of. I was just showing up. I was a guest. Amen. Sometimes uh, amen, we're on the other side of that where we're having to prepare for guests coming into town. And our objective is to make sure that the guests that come over to our house are comfortable, that they're well cared for, that there's enough uh, soap and conditioner and, and shampoo and toothpaste and everything in the bathrooms. And my wife does a wonderful job of making a beautiful and comfortable home. Amen. I just mess it up. Amen. And I'm thankful for her grace and patience with me. But, but I'm talking about that place that you call home. And uh, even in those situations where your life, your home life was not necessarily ideal. Maybe it wasn't as I have described it just a moment or two ago. But 
you had struggles at home. You've had, you've had perhaps a mom or a dad that was involved in, in, in a terrible lifestyle, and that affected your comfort, your comfort at home. And you had to deal with that when you went home. And, and it wasn't as fun looking back into those times. You, you think about those times, and, and, and you're not as, it's not nostalgic, but it's, 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 a, it's a hard memory. It's a, it's a difficult memory to bring back up because what you remember are the hard times. What you remember are the empty cupboards. What you remember are, those, uh, are, are the days where you went without. Amen. But because you were able to remember those things, that means that you knew that there are certain things that should have been there. And God has given us a church and a, a spiritual family. And where the, when the love and the care is not at home like it ought to be. Amen. I, I know some of my friends here at the True Church I'm closer to some of you guys than I am with some of my own family. And I believe that's the way it ought to be. And if it's not that way, I would highly recommend you do some work and try to figure that out. Because I want to tell you, pastor has made it really a focus for the church, is that, that you would find no other church that loves you more than this church. Yeah, we got our flaws. Yes, we got our problems. But, but we certainly love you. We certainly want you to be comfortable. We want you. We're not actively seeking to offend you. This afternoon, I've, this is probably not worth putting here, but it's popped in my mind. I'm already talking about it, so I'm going to finish it. But brother... Brother uh, McCauley texted me this afternoon, and I felt bad because of my response to him. Because when I, now I entered him, his name into my phone as Thomas McCauley. That's his name. But when he texts me, I do not know how this has happened. I did not enter the nickname Tom. I don't call him Tom. I t- call him Brother Thomas. But it has automatically changed his name, his nickname to Tom for some reason. And so when he texted me this afternoon, he said, hey, do you go shooting on a regular basis? And I was like, and when I read the name at the top, it looked like my eyes were a little blurry. It looked like Tory. The first half of the M was, looked like an R, and the right half of the M looked like an I. And so I was thinking Tory was texting me about shooting. And I'm like, what in the world? He said, not really. I was like, why do you ask? And that was my response. And then my eyes cleared, and I was like, whoa, who's Tom? And then I clicked on the contact, it's like, Thomas McCauley. And I was like, oh, I better call this guy. So I called him. I was like, listen, let me tell you the story. I'm sorry. Very sorry. I don't normally respond like that, but I had no idea why Tori was asking me about shooting. And he just finished, I hope I'm not... He just finished working on a gun that he's working that he's built actually, and he invited me to go shooting with him. That was very kind of him. That was very, and I I would love to do that. And brother Thomas, if you're listening, I I I mean it. I did not mean to send that text message that way. I do want to go shooting with you, and you could probably teach me a thing or two about it. Amen. So now that that's all cleared, but the the point that I guess I was making with that story is that. We do, in spite of potentially how it comes off initially. Again, we're faulty. We have, I've, I make mistakes all the time. Just ask anybody in this room, especially my wife. But 
they truly are mistakes. And I'm genuinely, and with the grace of God, by the help of my pastor, my wife, my family, and all of you, I will get better. God will help me to overcome. Amen. But that's exactly what a church is all about. Amen. I love you and you love me. Amen. We're actively trying to create a home-like, a familiar atmosphere so that when you come to the house of God, it is not a place of concern and worry and distress, but it should be a place like home. Hallelujah. This should be, a, amen, a, a place of comfort. This should be a refuge. This should be a house of rest, amen, where you can come and cast all your cares down before the mighty God, and he can heal you. He can help you. Thank you, Sister Kim, amen, for sacrificing in spite of the pain in your body, amen, to come home today. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. I... I'm not trying to pick on Sister Kim. I'm sorry. I'm probably putting way too much focus on you, sister. So hopefully, hopefully you're forgetting to find another one of those mistakes. Amen. But the, the Bible, amen, throughout from the Old Testament on into the New Testament. And, and, and today as we carry on the book of Acts, amen, there, are, there is, a, there is a, a notion, a concept of God establishing a place on earth that would be a safe place, that would be a house of protection from a wicked and, and tumultuous and perverted and, and uh, dangerous and, and attacking world. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to tell you, friend, that, that you're not going to find comfort, amen, in those thimble deep, amen, shallow relationships. You're not going to find comfort, amen, in those who will immediately stab you in the back at work or, or those, those friends that, amen, they, they smile in your face, amen, but they turn around and stab you in the back. I want you to understand not everybody's like that, amen, but if you can find a house of God, God, amen, God wants to show you a place, amen, of safety, of refuge. Hallelujah, all the way into the Old Testament. I've taken up a little bit of time here, so I don't want to, uh, I don't want to uh, belabor or, or uh, slow down and get bogged down too much. So let me just skip down to Isaiah chapter 32, verse 18. You can read really the whole chapter and the prophet's talking to the people of God and he's and they are in a tumultuous time. They are being attacked and they are being, uh, amen, uh, abused. But, but the prophet tells them a message of hope during this time. Verse 18 of Isaiah 32, and my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Hallelujah. I believe that's what God wants uh, in the New Testament church. Uh, amen. For those uh, strangers, uh, for the foreigners, uh, for everyone who is an outcast. Uh, amen. Isn't that what the friends of David found uh, in David? Uh, amen. They were the outcasts, uh, the outlaws. Uh, amen. But they went and found, uh, amen, a cave. Uh, amen. Where normally it would be, uh, amen, uncomfortable. It would normally be uh, cold. Uh, amen. And creepy. Amen. But they found a place uh, called home. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Amen. It's, this should be a place where we're not stabbing each other in the back. Amen. Where we're not talking bad about somebody or thinking that they're trying to get over something on someone. That's not what we're trying to do. Hallelujah. This should be a place of rest. This should be a peaceable habitation. Hallelujah. It should be a sure dwelling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus warned of a time. Amen. In Matthew chapter 24, as he sat, verse 3, as he sat upon Mount, the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And I want you to notice the question. What's the disciples? They're asking about the end of the world. But I want you to, to think about what Jesus' response is and think about how much the things that Jesus says aligns with the world that we're living in today. When's the end of the world? Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. We've got deceivers in our world today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my namesake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall, be, shall abound and love of many shall wax cold. And he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. He that overcometh shall be the son of God. He that endures to the end shall, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Hallelujah. The love of many shall wax cold. People hating one another. Deceit and false prophets. Hating you because you declare the name of Jesus. Wars and rumors of wars. Hallelujah. Amen. Earthquakes. Pestilences. Amen. Telling you that Jesus was talking about, the day that Jesus was talking about is the day that you and I are living in today. Hallelujah. Amen. And Paul also prophesied about this time. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, 
truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And he tells us to turn away from these kind. In other words, yeah, the last times will be perilous. A lot of stuff going on. But there is a place that you can turn. There will be a place in the midst of all of the peril. In the midst of all of the pain. In the midst of all of the traitors and the liars. There is a place, Brother Jaheem, where you can run. Sister Jasmine, there is a house, uh, amen, that will protect you from all of the liars and the backstabbers. And the, all of the abusers, uh, amen, of mankind and of themselves. Uh, amen, all of the heady, the prideful, the high-minded, amen, the lovers of pleasures, the fierce, those that are in the world. Amen. There's a place to turn. Hallelujah. Amen. And I like how Paul told the Thessalonian church in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Amen. I, I'm, I am going somewhere. I'm just wanting to set this foundation, if you could bear with me for a moment. Of the times and the seasons, brethren, verse 1 of 1 Thessalonians 5. Ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. As travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness. That that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are, the chil ye are all the children of light. And the darkness and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They're sleeping in the darkness. Amen. But we're not sleeping because we're in the light. We're the children of the day. Amen. Going on in verse number 7. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Amen. I think it's interesting as we've read through these passages, uh, amen, the number of times that, that the Lord Jesus and the Apostle Paul, amen, alludes to the lack of love and the need, uh, amen, for a return to love. Amen. It's important, amen, that there is a place uh, and that there are a people, amen, that truly have love. Don't let it wax, wax cold, uh, amen, in this environment. Please don't misunderstand understand me. Amen. But this is certainly an important principle for the place called home. Hallelujah. And helmet, the hope of salvation. Amen. Verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. 
In other words, if we're, he's not using, he's not carrying on the analogy that he was using in the previous scriptures. What, in this passage, he's saying whether we're alive or dead. At some point, we're going to live together with him. Amen. In verse 11, wherefore, comfort. Everybody say comfort. Comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Amen. Don't just, uh, amen, get bogged down in the mundane, uh, amen, those heady, high-minded traitors, deceivers, uh, amen, but let us comfort uh, yourselves together. Amen. You should come together, amen, for the purpose, uh, amen, of renewing, uh, amen, the promise uh, of God's uh, future and the eternal home that is to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Apostle Peter also warned us, uh, amen, of these, amen, scoffers walking after their own lusts in the last days. Uh, amen. But he said uh, in 1 Peter that you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. This should be, uh, amen, a nation. This should be, uh, amen, a camaraderie. Amen. A commonwealth, if you will, a citizenry. Hallelujah, people of like-mindedness, amen, a common goal, amen, people with a similar desire and ambition, amen, a goal-minded people. Hallelujah, hallelujah, holy nation, peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my. It's in a place like this that if you do look back at that home life, as a child, and think not as fondly, amen, but, uh, and, and, and you remember those days with pain and anguish, uh, it's not as fond of a memory, amen, that this is a place, the church is a place, uh, amen, where you can go and learn how to make your home, amen, how it ought to be. Amen. You, you have great examples in this place, our, beginning with our pastor and his wife. You go into their house, amen, and what peace, amen, what rest. I, I enjoy and am appreciative of every opportunity that I have, amen, to go to Pastor and Sister Riggins' home. And I've gratefully had the opportunity a number of times, amen. And it gives me a goal. It gives me a desire. Amen. I'm going somewhere. I'm not just going to hang on this practical aspect all night, amen. But it is important. Amen. To make your home a place that you can rest. Hallelujah. You got to have a place where you can get away from the pressures of life. Got to have a place where really, amen, this is, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a step towards uh, your walk with God. If you have a place that's sacred and secure. Amen. A place where you can truly spend time with him. Hallelujah. Amen. The other day, I'm not bragging. I just want to talk to you about this and use this as an illustration. The other night, I was just sitting on my porch, and, and there was, we have a back porch that's enclosed, and, and I was just sitting. I don't, have, uh, I don't have patio furniture, but I do have one of those unfolding chairs, and the, nice, the night was nice. And so I had some work to do, but I was out there, and, and I, I, I was tired of the pressures of my job and all these things. And, and I stepped outside and took my Bible with me and had a little Bible study. And I just gave myself a Bible study. And 
the Holy Ghost met me on that back porch. And I left that. I came back in the house. And God had, Pastor, God had spoken to me and given me direction. I'm telling you, that's what can happen in your home. When you're sincere, when you truly want to know Him, when you want to understand His work, when you want to walk with Him. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. How many want to do that? How many want to walk with Jesus? How many want that safe place? Do you want a house of rest? Do you want a place of peace where you can escape the turmoil and the responsibilities of the world? Hallelujah, you can have that. Jesus said, I'm going to send the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Amen, but that's what I was experiencing that evening. Amen, it was an opportunity, amen, for me, amen, to snuggle up with the Holy Ghost and give me a little comfort. Hallelujah. Hey, let me tell you, friend, amen, if you want to experience, amen, that kind of peace, what you need is a good dose of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Are you tired? Are you weighted down? Do you need a little peace? Do you need a little rest? I'm inviting you tonight before you leave this house. Amen. Don't go back out there carrying the weight of all the world on your shoulders. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's already taken all of that on his shoulders. Hallelujah. He already took the cup of sin, and drank it. He already bore that pain. You don't have to. I said you don't have to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 tells us to hold fast. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. How do we do that? How do you, well, let's, I heard this morning, how many times have you heard, just read the next verse. <laughs> Pastor said that this morning. So why don't we just read the next verse and let's see how we can provoke one another to love. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You want amen, to provoke or be provoked unto love. You want to be provoked or to provoke unto good works. Go to church. Amen. That's a place amen, where we are actively seeking to do what is good. We are actively seeking amen, to love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, the early church served as that home-like place, that familiar place for all who entered into it. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 tells us they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in breaking of bread and in prayers. And the fear came upon every soul. Amen. Why? Why did the fear come upon every soul? Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. 
Got to catch my breath. And all that believed were together. And had all things in common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men. As every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord. It wasn't just one service, Brother Nelson. They didn't just come together one mind and one accord in one service. Now it started in a service. It started in a service really just like this. Holy Ghost was moving. And they all came in one mind. And what, very similar to like we were praying just a little bit ago for one of our dear sisters. That God would heal her body and touch her. That's one mind and one accord. We all came together in one accord. Amen. But it should be more than just a moment in time. Amen. But as we leave this place and as we visit with one another, we should continue daily with one accord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is how we create a place called home. This is how we create that familiar place. Sold their possessions and goods, part of them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily, continuing daily with one accord in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house. And did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God. Having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I'll just point out this brief observation that. Because the people were continuing in one accord. That there was gladness and singleness of heart. But this sentence doesn't end there. That was verse 46. 47 says they were praising God. So we praise God together. And we also have favor with all the people. I think that ought to be a prayer that we're having as we go to old settlers, that God would give us favor with the people. Hallelujah. It's, it's, I, I don't want to spend too much time here, but it's necessary that we get into, amen, that place. If they're willing, if they open their heart to us, amen, that we earn that favor with them. That's how the Lord will add to the church daily such as should be saved. There are some over the next week or so that should be saved. My, my, I mean, there's some, amen, that they're not just going to old settlers for old settlers' sake, amen, but God has ordained their steps. Hallelujah. And we ought to seek after favor with them. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. God's given us a place here on earth that allows us, amen, necessary reprieve, rest, distance, from the onslaught of the world. Amen. And truly this world is not my home. Amen. Psalm chapter 90 verse 1. Prayer of Moses. The man of God. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Matthew 11. Jesus said in verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, 
For I am meek and lonely in heart, lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Amen. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. The prophet Isaiah declared that there is a place where we can find rest. In Isaiah 28 and 12, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Amen. Even though the Old Testament, amen, Jewish, Israelites, amen, wouldn't hear. I believe there's a generation, amen, in today's day and age that are looking for rest. They're looking for refreshing. They're weary. Amen. They're burdened. Amen. Just think if you're so weary and you come to church for a moment of reprieve, how weary must they be? Amen. When they're carrying the burdens of all this world without the grace of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I've got an answer for you. Comforter, John 14, 26. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things, Brother Carter. That's why he's so important. Not only does he give us comfort, amen, in this tumultuous world, but it's not enough just to have comfort. Not enough just to have peace. We got to we got to go forward. We got to accomplish what the Holy Ghost bids us. There are others that need this peace, and we need to be able to share it with them. Amen. We ought to. Amen. He, he the Bible says that He'll bring all things to our remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. Hallelujah. God's going to give us the grace. God's going to give us the ability. He's going to give us the strength. Hallelujah. Not only will he give us peace, but he's going to give us the strength to do what he wants us to do. I'm so, I'm so, so tired, perhaps, weary, sick. Of the devil lying to the people of God. Hallelujah. Saying, it's always going to be this way. You're always going to deal with this. You've been in church 20, 30, 5, 10, 1 year. Still haven't overcome that. Might as well mark it down. You'll never get over it. That's a lie. That is a lie. Jesus sent the comforter to comfort you. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel like God is speaking to somebody. You don't have to. You don't have to abide. You don't have to live. You don't have to dwell. You don't have to walk in that mess. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have absolute power. You have everything that you need to overcome and become a son of God. Hallelujah. Amen. What that, what that is, it's a lie that's trying to tell you you're not qualified to be a son of God. You're not this temptation. You keep failing according to this thing and that thing. And, and let me tell you, amen, that's a lie from hell. Ah. 
Hallelujah. Pastor Regan, take just a few moments. Uh, amen. And listen to the recording from this morning's lesson. Amen. Two practical tips to help you get over temptation. And I hear there's more to come. And I'm looking forward to it. That was so good, Pastor. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for showing me. This is such a, amen, a needful thing. Amen. For me, I want to know. I want to know how to overcome. I want to know how to win. I want to know how to not just have peace. I want peace. Amen. And God promised it to us. Hallelujah. Amen. But I don't want to be thrown back into turmoil. I don't want to be thrown back. Amen. Into that that. That back and forth, Apostle Paul said, tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. I don't want to be like that. I want to be stable. I want God's grace. I want the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Sometimes I feel like we have to come up with creative language and try to communicate it. But let me just tell you like the old timers did. What you need is a Holy Ghost. What you need is a baptism of God's Spirit. It comes by repentance. It comes by repentance. I want to be changed. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I want to be more like you. And he said, I hear you. I'm sending my comforter. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to walk that way. Hallelujah. 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 How? I mean, he said that I will give you rest. I quoted this just a moment ago, but let me read it again. Isaiah 28 12 says, To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Again, don't be among those, but be among the ones that want to hear what I'm having to say. What I'm just repeating to you what the prophet preached. Hallelujah. And how? How do you obtain this rest? How do you get there. How do you get to that place called home? Let me tell you, Isaiah 28, amen, just a couple of verses before, verse 12, verse 10 says, precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. What is he saying? Line upon line, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. How, what is he talking about? He's saying that if you want the peace, the rest that I'm talking about, you need to start with how I really started this message tonight. Start by reading the Word. Start by getting an understanding, a grasp of God's Word, line upon line. Each principle, as you understand it, compile it with the other principles that you understand, and then... Then you will find a place, uh, amen, that's described in verse 11. Let's go on to verse 11. Verse 11 says, with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. Wow. If you need, read enough lines, if you read enough principles, precepts, if you, if you stack them all together, this is your destination. Stammering lips and another tongue 
That's how he'll speak to you. That's how he speaks to his people. That's how he brings us out of the turmoil. It's how he brings us out of the world. It's how he brings us into the chosen generation, the royal priesthood, the holy nation. Are you saying we have to speak in other tongues? No. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will take over your tongue, and he will speak. That's where these lines will take you. That's where these precepts will lead you. And that's how you find that place called home. Hallelujah. Amen. Comfort of the, which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you. He'll teach you all things. Once you receive the Holy Ghost, the Lord begins to reveal even more from his word. Hallelujah. brings a perfect balance so that you Amen. May know, amen, all truth. The Bible tells us that the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. Will lead us and guide us into all truth. Amen. We are going to a place of rest. We're going to a place called home. When you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, the glory that you feel in those moments, really, it's wonderful. We felt it earlier this evening. I felt it on my back porch as I illustrated just a minute ago. But it's just a taste. It's just a little appetizer. Just to tell you, I'm not hungry, I promise. I'm just, I'm just trying to communicate this to you. It's just, a, it's just a precursor. It's a down payment. Say, there's more to come. You can have the Holy Ghost right now. You can have those stammering lips and another tongue in this service. But let me tell you, that's not the end goal. That isn't. Uh, they talk about, amen, how to be saved. And many people tell you that you should accept the Lord as your personal Savior. And, and others, there's, there's so many just different winds of doctrine, if you'll allow me to use that, that term, but, and, and, and you'll understand it. But, but, and as we've talked about tonight, uh, amen, this, this really is the method to get home, amen, but we're not home yet. We're really just living in a temporary home. When we are baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, we're just entering into, uh, amen, the church, uh, the church of the living God, uh, amen, the citizenry, uh, amen, of that common purpose. And while it's nice, and, and while I've testified already tonight about how wonderful it can be, and how you certainly need that, Hallelujah, that's not the end destination. I love you, amen, but if all I have is the hope that we display in this room, that's not enough for me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want more than this. Hallelujah, Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 15 and 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. That's 1 Corinthians 15 and 19. Oh, there we go. That's what I was like reading that. I was like, what is going on? Sorry. 
threw me off. We don't want to get too comfortable in this world. Hallelujah. Even in the church. You spend long enough in an apostolic church. I've seen it countless times and been the recipient of it. God begins to bless you. And he gives you really a comfortable life. He'll eliminate. He'll give you answers. And if you live according to his word, those are principles. Amen. That will set you up. Amen. For a comfortable and peaceful life. Now, I'm not saying that all your problems and turmoil will be taken away. Amen. We're still in the world. Amen. But God designed it this way. So that way we can represent his truth to this world. And, and it would be something that they could receive. Hallelujah. But Paul said, if, if this is all the hope we have, then we're a pretty miserable group. Jesus said in a parable in Luke chapter 12, verse 16, He spake of a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barn and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Now, honestly... This is the logical conclusion of one who has been, uh, has brought forth plentifully. In your mind, it's like, wow, okay, that makes sense. Build the barns, store it in there, we'll be good to go. But Jesus is illustrating a point with this principle that it's important that we take note of. Because... Up until this point, I mean, it certainly would be a logical process. And I'm not to judge whether or not this is right or wrong. Jesus certainly is. I mean, he seems to, I mean, make it clear that if we agree with this man and what he says in the next verse, then this is not God's will for us. Verse 19 says, I will say to my soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? I think that really is the key. Now it makes sense if you're producing things that you store those things somewhere, take care of them. Bible also teaches us to be a good steward. But if we get to the point where the comfort extends beyond the comfort of the Holy Ghost, and it becomes really covetousness, where we're not satisfied with just the comfort of God's presence and God's spirit. I feel like I'm dwelling too long in this point, but let me just make it and we'll move on. Holy Ghost promises comfort, not covetousness. And that's exactly what this man was, was demonstrating, was that he was interested in, in acquiring and, and storing up these things. Amen. But I believe that if this man, 
this rich man had not dealt or bound, uh, had brought forth plentifully of things, but have brought forth plentifully of the spiritual fruits that God teaches us, which when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, it does bear forth fruit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. If the man was bearing those kind of fruit, I don't believe the Lord would have been so harsh with him. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm just illustrating that, that it goes beyond that, that as we, amen, become comfort, comfortable and we reach that place of peace and comfort in the house of the Lord, that we don't get to the point that this man did. Amen. But many of us, Hallelujah. As we talked about earlier, have received family into our home. We have, we have created that place, that comfortable place, so that they would have comfort when they came. Amen. And uh, Jesus told us that he's doing the same for us. In John chapter 14, verse 2, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, ye may be also. Amen. I'm concluding, Sister Tori. As we think about all of the efforts that we go to, the lengths that we go to, to make sure one is comfortable and are that feel at home. We use that phrase, feel at home. Hope you feel at home. I want you to imagine, and perhaps it's family members, family members that are coming over, that you are going to you'll spend a little bit of time with your cousins, your aunts, perhaps a, a son or a daughter that has been moved or, or a or a father, or a mother, or a sister, or a brother. And you're tossed back into those times of familiarity. I want you to understand that Jesus himself is creating that place for us. He says it's a mansion. It, everything that you'll ever need... Everything that you'll ever want, you can begin to play, is going to be available over there. We talked about it. No more pain. No more tears. No more sorrow. Hallelujah. Walls of jasper. Streets of gold. I believe that what God is illustrating by putting those uh, qualities, those properties into the streets and into the walls is to illustrate to us that we are not the things that we value so much down here are nothing but pavement. They're the infrastructure. It's the gates. You walk through it every day. Hallelujah. If we could all stand together. I wonder if anybody is interested in going home. Do you want to go there? What you need is that comforting spirit. That's how you get to that place 
of rest. That's how you get to the place called home. Hallelujah. Amen. As they begin to sing, I want to open up these altars and invite each and every one of you to come down. And if you don't have to get to the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill you with the Spirit tonight. If you need a healing, God can heal you tonight. This is home. This is our little place called home. And you can enjoy the presence of God right in this house. Hallelujah. He's come to meet with you. He's come to meet with me, and I'm grateful for it. I don't want to take for granted this opportunity. Hallelujah, Jesus. Friend, we're not in darkness. We're children of the day. Why don't you step into the light? Hallelujah. We're not drunken in the night. We're not sleeping in the night. We're wide awake. We're taken care of. The presence of God is in this place tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 